there are a lot of people here who are certainly going to suffer and suffer consequences. I'm talking about within the team, players, coaches, people who've got careers. This is certainly a setback. I know firsthand what it is to have high expectations. Those are the words of Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones after Sunday night's loss to the Green Bay Packers. And with that, welcome to 17 Minutes of Unintentional Relevance. I am your host for today, Cody Mack. Uh, before we get into today's show, I want to talk for just a minute about the current situation of the now 1-7 and seven, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Quite frankly, it's ridiculous. This team is just way too talented to be where they're at right now, and I've, I really feel like it's time to make a change. Uh, and that change needs to be head coach Wade Phillips. He's continuing to field a team that just isn't performing up to what they're capable of. Uh, many people I know expected them to be a serious Super Bowl contender this year. Jerry Jones, the owner, has repeatedly said that he has never fired a head coach midseason and does not intend to do that this year. But I really feel like the Phillips era is just over in Dallas, so they may as well cut him now, see what Golden Boy offensive coordinator and assistant head coach Jason Garrett has to offer. Um, he was originally tagged to take over for the team before Phillips anyway, and as far as I know, he is currently the highest paid offensive coordinator in the league, so they may as well give him half a season to see what he can do. If the team continues to fail under his stead, then fire his tail too and just move on. Cut your losses and move on. So, that said, on today's show, we've got a college football recap with the Ole Miss and Southern Miss games from this past weekend. Also going to do an NFL recap with the four games that we covered on Friday's podcast. And give you a little preview of uh, the games that are coming up for this current week in the NFL. But first, we'll start things off with the Jones County High School football. Football. Northeast Jones was in action at Mendenhall this past Friday night. Unfortunately, they lost 25 to 22, so their season is over. Uh, the Tigers actually led 9 to 6 at halftime thanks to a 75-yard touchdown pass and a safety. But they would have trouble scoring for most of the second half and trailed 25 to 9 at one point in the fourth quarter. Uh, they did go on to score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, they would attempt an onside kick with 3.40 left in the game, but Mendenhall would recover and eventually run the clock out on both this game and Northeast Jones' season. Nevertheless, congratulations to Northeast Jones for making it to the playoffs, and better luck next year. On to our second game. Laurel was at home to host Florence for the first round of the 4A state football playoffs. All of the scoring happened early on in this one. Laurel was on top 35-8 to late in the second quarter, but Florence managed to tack on eight more right before halftime. Laurel would score once more in the third quarter on their way to a 41-16 route of Florence. The Tornadoes will face North Pike in the second round of the playoffs this coming Friday night. Um, I have not yet received word on whether Laurel will host this game or will have to travel, uh, but hope to have that info for you on Friday. If any of you listening know more about that, feel free to shoot me an email. And for the third game of our high school football roundup, West Jones was able to complete their undefeated regular season with a win over Pearl River Central this past Friday. West Jones finished their season 10-0. They will host the Iberville at home this Friday night in the first round of the 5A state football playoffs. Kickoff is set for 7 p.m. at West Jones High School this Friday night. Uh, we will preview this game as well as the Laurel game on this coming Friday show. Again, if you have any information on these or the upcoming games that you'd like to share, shoot me an email at 17minutespodcast at gmail.com. College Football Ole Miss was at home to host Louisiana Lafayette this past Saturday. Ole Miss quarterback Jeremiah Masoli left the game after suffering a concussion in the first quarter with the Rebels leading 24-7. Masoli appeared dazed after a short touchdown run and would play only one more series afterward. Backup quarterback Nathan Stanley came in and played the rest of the game, going only 6-14 uh, with 108 passing yards. 
the real story in this game for me was the Ole Miss running game. Running backs Brandon Bolden and Enrique Davis combined for 252 yards on 37 carries with three TDs coming from Bolden. The Ole Miss defense stepped up when they needed to, only allowing one touchdown through the air and grabbed two passes for interceptions. The only real big play for Louisiana Lafayette was a 93-yard fumble recovery to pull the Raging Cajuns to within a touchdown in the second quarter. Uh, one last note, according to the Associated Press, this is the first time that Ole Miss has had two 100-yard rushing players in one game since the 1999 season. Ole Miss uh, pulls to 4-5 and five after this win. Louisiana Lafayette falls to 2-7. and seven. Good win for Ole Miss. They need to win at least two more games, though, to become bowl eligible this season. On to Southern Miss, who traveled to New Orleans to face Tulane in the Superdome. Southern Miss did not look great on either side of the ball here in this game and were tied 20-20 to going into halftime. Southern would actually trail early in the third quarter after Tulane scored on their very first possession. But two plays later, Southern Miss running back Tracy Lampley ran 60 yards for a touchdown to tie it up once more. Southern finally took a lead that they would not relinquish once inside the fourth quarter. Uh, despite the win, this was still not a very well-played game for Southern. They were actually outgained in offensive yards by Tulane as their defense gave up 402 yards to what really is a mediocre Tulane offense. Southern's defense is going to have to improve if they expect to hang with UCF's very good running back tandem this coming week. UCF, a team that's scoring almost 34 points per game. Again, if Southern wants to have any shot at playing in the Conference USA Championship, they've got to keep winning. Like we said before, they really need to win two of their last three games, especially this one coming up this weekend. This is probably their biggest game of the year at UCF, who is currently first in the Conference USA East. The National Football League. First game of our NFL recap, the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Final score was Ravens 26, Dolphins 10. It was a good game for the Baltimore running back Ray Rice. He had 22 carries for 83 yards, and he also led Baltimore with seven catches for 97 yards. Kicker Billy Cundiff nailed four of five field goal attempts to help lift the Ravens to a win. Quarterback Joe Flacco played relatively consistently. He was 20 for 27 with 260 passing yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. This was actually Baltimore's 17th straight home win. Uh, on the uh, on the Miami side of the ball, just as we'd expected, the Dolphins leaned heavily on the arm of Chad Henney, not trying a whole lot on the ground. Henney was 22 for 34 with 231 passing yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions uh, on his way to a pretty atrocious 47.5 quarterback rating. In the Dolphins' running game, Ronnie Brown continues to get most of the workload with 14 touches here to Ricky Williams, too. Nevertheless, Ronnie Brown's still not very effective as the Dolphins were unable to score at all in the second half. Uh, this coming week, Miami will be at home versus Tennessee as the Ravens will travel to Atlanta for this season's first installment of Thursday Night Football. On to our second game, the New Orleans Saints were at the Carolina Panthers. The Saints' defense was very effective in this game. The front four on the defensive line was very effective. They rarely had to bring more than two from the secondary on blitzes. Um, also, Jabari Greer was back for this game, the, one of the Saints' cornerbacks. He was able to intercept a pass and return it for a touchdown. Drew Brees would finish 27 of 43 passing with only 253 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, backup quarterback Chase Daniel actually came in for Breeze on the final offensive series for New Orleans. He had a, a, a nice bootleg 16-yard run. He handed the ball off a few times and was promptly dropped for a 10-yard sack. The injury bug continues to plague the Saints, unfortunately. Tight end Jeremy Shockey, running back Chris Ivory, and safety Darren Sharper all left the game with injuries. Uh, we'll do our best to watch these players in practice this week and try to give you an update on those injuries on this Friday show. On the Carolina side of the ball, Jonathan Stewart left early in the first quarter with an apparent head injury. 
Uh, he was actually running rather effectively to that point. He had five carries for 30 yards. Shortly after that, the Panthers lost quarterback Matt Moore to a shoulder injury, courtesy of the Saints defensive tackle Cedric Ellis. It looks like he's going to be out for the year, leaving the job for rookie Jimmy Clausen, who replaced Moore after injury in this game, but did not look good at all. Clawson was benched in favor of Tony Pike just inside the fourth quarter. That was his first appearance for Carolina. This coming week, Carolina will be at Tampa Bay, while New Orleans will have a bye. For the third game in our NFL recap, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to the Atlanta Falcons 27-21. Quarterback Josh Freeman was less than spectacular through the air, only 11 of 22 for 189 yards with two passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Running back LeGarrette Blunt led the ground attack with 46 yards on 13 carries, including one nice 21-yard carry. Blunt did not have a great game, but it was impressive enough against a very good Falcons run defense. Tampa wide receiver Mike Williams reeled in four catches for 89 yards and a touchdown, his third straight game with at least 80 yards receiving. Also, for the Bucks, kick returner Michael Spurlock had a nice day, returning four kicks for 209 yards, one of which was a return 89 yards for a touchdown. On the Atlanta side of the ball, Michael Turner carried the load on the offense with 107 yards, two touchdowns on 24 rushing attempts. Uh, it was a so-so game for Matt Ryan. He completed 24 of 36 passes for 235 yards. He threw one touchdown and no interceptions. Tampa was able to pull within three just before the half, trailing 17-14 going into the locker room, but it would all come down to a fourth and goal with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, with Tampa down six and on the Atlanta two-yard line, the Falcons showed off that stellar run defense by stuffing LeGarrette Blunt short on a two-yard run attempt at the goal line to force a turnover on downs. With Tampa out of timeouts, Atlanta then needed only one first down to seal the win. The Atlanta defense really was the story of this game, intercepting two Josh Freeman passes and really just shutting down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense almost all together. As we just mentioned, Tampa will be at home this coming week versus Carolina, and Atlanta will host the Ravens on Thursday Night Football this week. To the fourth and final game of our NFL recap, the Indianapolis Colts fall to the Philadelphia Eagles 26-24. to Indianapolis trailed 13-0 early in the second quarter, but rallied to take a 17-14 lead before the half, uh, thanks in large part to two beautiful drives orchestrated by Peyton Manning, one of 76 yards and one of 80 yards, both resulting in touchdowns. Peyton would finish the game 31-52 of 52 passing for 294 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. The Colts' offense, to me, just really looked out of sync. It seemed like Manning was off for most of the second half. He wasn't making his usually uh, pristinely accurate passes for big gains. His new go-to guy seems to be Jacob Tammy, who has taken over for injured Dallas Clark. Running back Donald Brown got most of the work on the ground, but the Colts' two rushing touchdowns actually came courtesy of backup running back Javaris James. For Philadelphia, Michael Vick, in my opinion, is officially back. I think he's better than he ever was before he left in the first place. He was only 17 for 29, passing for 218 yards. He had one passing touchdown, but he threw no interceptions and ran 10 times for 74 yards and a rushing touchdown. He is absolutely back to being a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. Also on the Eagles' side of the ball, wide receiver Sean Jackson had a nice game in his return from a concussion, which forced him to sit out last week. He had seven catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. Also want to note that Colts wide receiver Austin Colley was injured in the second quarter on an unintentional shot to the helmet. Uh, he was actually carted off the field. It did not look good, but it appears that he's only suffered a concussion. Thankfully, nothing even more serious. Got a couple of games we just want to preview really quickly. We're not going to talk a whole lot about them. Just want to let you guys know that they are happening. On Monday Night Football tonight, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. That game will air on ESPN at 7.30 p.m., and then, this coming Thursday night, we'll have the first installment of NFL Network's Thursday Night Football. 
you will see the Baltimore Ravens at the Atlanta Falcons, both 6-2 and two teams, both, I believe, head of their division. Uh, that game will air at 7.20 on the NFL Network. So, just wanted to go back here at the end of the show and say that while we were recording this podcast, I received a text message from ESPN that read, Cowboys have fired head coach Wade Phillips, according to Chris Mortensen and Ed Werder, both of ESPN, so looks like we were right on that front. Good news for the Cowboys, in my opinion. Coming up on Friday's show, we will preview the high school football matchups for both West Jones and Laurel. We'll preview this weekend's upcoming games for both the college football and NFL ranks, and I'll make my picks for each of those games. We also aim to debut our college basketball segment as those teams will start to tip off this week. Also looking forward to our fantasy football two-minute drill. We'll update you on our fantasy league standings, some weekly matchups, and give you a few key pickups there. We'll also try to hit on some of these listener emails. Keep them coming. They're awesome. Getting some really good stuff in there. Just a reminder, if you didn't know, you can email your questions, comments, game information, topics, anything that you want to hear covered on this podcast to 17 Minutes Podcast. That's 17minutespodcast at gmail.com. I want to encourage all of our listeners to become a fan of the show on our Facebook page. You can find it by simply searching for the show's title in the Facebook search bar. And if that's not enough for you, you can also follow me on at Cody L. McDonald on Twitter. That should do it for today. I'll be with you again this Friday. Everybody, have an awesome week. Come off it, kid. She's got more foresight than you. Saw you coming for miles. Had a chance to dig it through. Some of the music for this podcast was provided by Mevio's Music Alley. Check it out at music.mevio.com. Not to mention the patch of a bleeding all of NFL. Well, it's not even the issue. You get more than enough to lose. It's a self-respect that's being stopped. There's nothing you can do. I got 20-20 and I got my...